Welcome to Talking Facts, and thank you for tuning in to Kentucky Smiles on Talking Facts, a podcast collaboration between the University of Kentucky College of Dentistry and the UK College of Agriculture, Food, and Environment Cooperative Extension Service. Kentucky Smiles offers listeners information on maintaining oral health, advancements in dental treatments, research, and more. Hello and welcome to Kentucky Smiles on Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Emily Blevins, an Assistant Professor of Adult Dentistry at the UK College of Dentistry. Welcome, Emily. Thank you for having me. So today's topic is one that I think will really resonate with our listeners, that we're going to talk about dental anxiety and sedation dentistry. So I don't necessarily have dental anxiety, but I have eye doctor anxiety because when I was little, I had all kinds of issues with my eyes and I always felt like I was at the eye doctor. So I get like that now when I go to the eye doctor, but I can completely resonate with people that get that feeling when they go to the dentist. Um, it's just, and I'm certain it's always just so much worse before you go, the build up to it than actually being there. But I very much mm-hmm. resonate with this idea of anxiety and a doctor's appointment. So today you're going to talk to us a little bit about dental anxiety, and we're going to kick off with how many people suffer from dental anxiety or phobia and why? So a lot of people suffer from dental anxiety. Um Statistically, they're showing around 36 to 40 percent of the general population have general anxiety. And that can be for a multitude of reasons. Kind of like you were prefacing there, you had some maybe traumatic experiences in your younger years that have kind of formed this stress induced anxiety around going to see that type of doctor. And, you know, a lot of people are just scared it's going to hurt. And a lot of that has to do because of social perception. You know, the dentist is never. The hero uh, in cartoons, you know, that we're kind of the scary bad guys. And, you know, the parents teach their kids, oh, the dentist is scary. And so children already have this kind of learned behavior to be scared of the dentist. Some of it's just loss of control. You know, you're subject to somebody else doing something to you um, and they don't like that loss of control. So, you know, there's a multiple combinations of reasons why you can be anxious to come see the dentist. You know, just thinking about my own kids, I can completely see how it starts because when they're little, you know, just as parents were constant, you need to brush your teeth, you need to brush your teeth, and they just never want to stop and brush their teeth. And so it just becomes a thing, an avoidance type thing from being very, very young. And so let's talk a little bit about um, avoiding. What are the consequences of avoiding the dentist due to dental phobia? So obviously, the biggest consequence is just neglect of your oral health. Um, so rather than seeing a dentist routinely, uh, when you have a small problem, it may become a very big problem very quickly, just neglecting general care. One of the bigger consequences can be just decline of your overall health. You know, there's multiple studies now that show oral health is linked to systemic conditions such as diabetes, heart disease, things of that nature. And, you know, when you have these underlying comorbidities or other medical problems, they can kind of all culminate together to cause bigger problems. So basically, neglect is what the biggest consequence of of avoidance uh, of dental care. For listeners, we have certainly done some other podcasts that focused on our oral health and our and our overall health. And I found those conversations mm-hmm. to be really, really interesting. 
So let's talk a little bit about when a person does have dental anxiety or a dental phobia, about when does a dental <laughs> provider consider if sedation dentistry may help the patient? We're always going to start with just an interview with the patient. What kind of anxiety are you having? What is it that makes you anxious? Um, get down to the root of what that anxiety is. And there's multiple ways that we can navigate that. You know, you may just be a little bit anxious and you may be able to handle it. So you may just need a mild sedation. Or it may be to the point that you can't even walk in the door without white knuckling the door frame. And you may need to be deeply sedated. And so we just kind of determine what level of sedation we need to put you under based on what kind of anxiety you're experiencing. And then also we're going to be doing a medical evaluation with that as well. You know, anytime we're sedating someone, we want to make sure that we have a good, healthy patient or that we're working around uh, medical issues that they may have. So that's kind of how we determine what type of sedation and what kind of stress reduction that you may need for your appointment. This might be a silly question, but is sedation dentistry done in a regular dentist office or is it done in an operating type room? So there's multiple types. More of the lighter sedations, so laughing gas or oral pills like Valium or even IV sedation that's more conscious where you're not completely put to sleep are typically done in a dental office. Now, if you're going into deeper levels of sedation, things that need you to help support your airways, support your heart, we're going to be doing those more in an operating room setting. And we do both. How might general dentistry services be supported in an operating room setting? Right. So we have an operating room that is designated just for our dental services. So we basically have a big dental office set up in an operating room. Typically, we're doing general anesthesia, which, you know, means you're completely asleep. You've got a tube down your throat to help you breathe. And we reserve these types of sedations for our super medically compromised patients, one who are very unstable, or patients who have intellectual and developmental disabilities that may not be able to manage the anxiety of dental work because of an intellectual disability. And so we take them to the operating room and we do exactly what we would do in the dental office. So we do cleanings, we do x-rays, we do fillings, we do everything that needs to be done for these patients. But while under a deeper level sedation, that's typically monitored by an anesthesiologist. So aside from sedation dentistry, Are there tips that you can offer for those folks that struggle with dental anxiety? Right. So sedation is not the only way to kind of get through an anxious situation. The best advice I can give you is have really good oral hygiene and do the minor checkups that are maybe less anxiety inducing, like a cleaning, to help prevent the bigger problems. You know, the less treatment you need from us, the less anxiety you may have. You want to find a dentist you're comfortable with, somebody that you click with, somebody who makes you feel safe. And so finding somebody that kind of checks your boxes in terms of what you find comforting in a provider. Bringing distractions like music. A lot of offices have gone now to having TVs in the ceilings or video games connected to TVs for like the little kiddos. So just a distraction while we work can kind of take your mind off the anxiety. Or bringing a person... If you've got a friend that helps support you or even a service animal, if you've got a therapy dog or something that would help reduce your anxiety, we allow animals to come into your appointment with you if if that helps you. So there's lots of ways other than just to be sedated to kind of get through your dental treatment without too much anxiety. 
Emily, as we wrap up today, uh, thank you for joining us and for providing information about dental anxiety. As you mentioned, it's something that lots of folks struggle with, but probably not talked about that much or recognizing how common that it is. For our listeners, you have provided a link to UK Healthcare and the Dentistry Program. So if they're interested in seeking more information, that'll be included as part of our show notes. Dr. Blevins, again, thank you for joining us and sharing information with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Kentucky Smiles on Talking Facts. Our goal is to provide you with knowledge to support your oral health needs. If you have suggestions for future topics, please message us on the UK College of Dentistry Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash UKY Dentistry or visit our website at ukhealthcare.uky.edu forward slash dentistry for more information.